Well, welcome everybody to the audio newsroom. This is where we cover the top stories in podcasting and drop in audio. And we host this room every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And then we record it and we upload it to a new podcast that's called The Audio Newsroom with Halataha. So if you ever miss a week, you can always you know, catch the replay on the podcast and it officially went live. So if you guys want the link to that podcast, DM me audio newsroom podcast, and we'll send you that direct link. I've got my co-hosts here, Steven and Raven. Let me mod you and Bina, who's on the Yap team, who's going to help with some of the technical stuff. So the reason why we started this room and started this podcast is because we saw a huge gap in the audio space in terms of news. So there's lots of websites, there's lots of email newsletters out there that share the news, but there's no place for us to actually discuss the news as a community and also listen to the news because I think a lot of us want to listen to content while we're multitasking and we don't necessarily have time to scour the internet and all these different emails to kind of catch up with what's going on. So this is your one-stop shop to get all of your different podcasting news and it's also meant to be a community forum. So we are going to be inviting executives like last week we had Riverside.fm talking about their new magic editor. We also had this COO of Chartable visit us in one of our rooms and we discussed all the different product updates with Chartable and how they just came out with demographics information about podcast audiences. So really cool stuff in terms of the ability to talk to executives firsthand about product updates that are going on because there's so much news going on. It's really hard to keep track. And that's why we decided to create this room. So with that, I'm going to kick it into the news and we can start discussing it. Okay, so we are going to get started. I'm going to do a quick recap of the news from last week in case you guys missed our sessions from last week. And then we'll kick it into the new news story. So just really quick recap. Last week, Netflix announced that it is looking for their head of podcasting. So Netflix is hiring for a head of podcasting. And with that, that gives us some insight that they are starting their podcast program and other streaming video platforms like HBO Max, Amazon Prime, Apple TV have all also moved to audio content. Right now, their podcast programming is going to be mostly based around their movies and their TV series, but who knows like how that will expand later on. And so we, we discussed that last week. We also talked about how Spotify took on Audible. So now Spotify just acquired a new partnership with Storytel. And essentially, Storytel is an Audible competitor. I think they have like 1.5 million subscribers, so they're relatively small. Um, But this is one other step for Spotify to have audio content all in one place. In comparison with Apple Podcasts, you have to go from their music player to their podcast player. And I don't believe they have any sort of audio books, whereas Spotify, you can get all of your audio content from one place, which is what makes them a differentiator in this space. So pretty interesting. We also got some product updates from Chartable. Chartable announced demographics for publishers, and that is available for pro and enterprise plans. So if you guys want demographic data from Chartable, you've got to get a pro or enterprise plan. And there was some key insights that Chartable announced. Podcast listeners tend to have significantly higher household incomes than the U.S. average, and podcast listeners are significantly more educated than the U.S. average. So two really cool data points in terms of you know why you should start a podcast, why you might want to advertise on a podcast, and it's just more ammo in our tool belts uh, for podcasting. 
Clubhouse rolled out to Android. That finished up last Friday. Twitter Spaces is continuing to add new features and compete with Clubhouse. They added a scheduling feature and I would say is the top competitor to Clubhouse right now. Apple launched an affiliate program to pay pod for paid podcast subscriptions. And Amazon's Wondery has also partnered with Apple. Spotify released timestamps for podcasts where basically you can share a specific timestamp from a podcast on social or, or your website, and it will go right to that point in the episode that you want to point out. So that's a pretty cool sharing feature. Spotify continues to lead in terms of innovation in the podcast space and lots of different acquisitions. So Sounder acquired Podnods, for example. So with that, that's the uh, recap from last week's news. Before we move on to news stories, curious if Steve and Raven had any key takeaways from last week that they want to talk about. No, I'm just excited to jump into this week's stuff. And um, and I mean, last week, of course, was super eventful and uh, and love what's going on with Netflix and love what's going on with all the acquisition in the space. I just think it's positive for the space as a whole. So just super excited to jump into this week's news uh, as well. I agree with Steve. I mean, we've got a lot of juicy stuff for now. So let's go. <laughs> okay. All right. So story number one, Twitter is launching its own ticketed spaces. So as I said previously, Twitter continues to release new features to compete with Clubhouse. And they just announced ticketed spaces, which is going to be powered by Stripe. And it's going to be able to handle payments so that their users of Twitter spaces can charge admission to their live audio chat rooms. And they're hoping that it's going to attract more content creators and it's being piloted to people who have 600 plus followers on Twitter spaces. So Twitter released spaces last year to compete with Clubhouse. Hosts are going to be receiving 80% of the revenue after app store fees are taken out of the sales. So they're going to be receiving most of the revenue. Twitter is going to be taking a portion, it looks like, and also Stripe. And only U.S. users will be able to host these ticketed spaces. And you need to have hosted three spaces or rooms in the past 30 days and at least be 18 years old in addition to having either 600 to 1,000 followers there's some discrepancies in terms of the information out there. Some people say over 600 followers, some some outlets say 1,000 or more followers. So essentially, it's, it's in a pilot mode. And I think scary for Clubhouse that they already came out with a way to charge admission because I think a lot of people on this app have been clamoring for that feature. What do you guys think, Steve Raven? This is Raven. And, you know, I find this interesting. Um, uh, I got mixed feelings about it because, um, first of all, I think it's 600. You have to have 600 uh, people, followers, rather, in order to schedule it. I think that may be what's kind of confusing us, Holla. And a 1,000 followers in order to, I guess, charge. You know, it, I was a little confused in that as well. But on the other hand, I just think they're taking out a lot. I mean, it, what's left for the creator? You know, you have to pre charge pretty high to make any money. That was my first thought because Apple and Google are getting a lot. And then there's um, Stripe, get some. And of course, I don't know. It's, it's not a lot. Twitter's getting some. It's not a whole lot left. That was my thoughts. What do you think, Steve? I think it's cool for, for the youngins, you know, the 18-year-olds yeah. and stuff. But, you know, again, it's the rich getting richer. Go yeah. ahead, Steve. No, I, I mean, look, from, from my perspective, I don't feel like the interface is particularly intuitive 
from the standpoint of I know that I have those numbers and I have yet to even see, I mean, I've taken it off. I've reloaded the app, the whole nine. So if it's there, I don't even have a clue how to use it. So maybe I will, I will just say this, which is for the rest of the world who seems to be using it and understands it. And, and some people seem to be liking it, you know, kudos to them, but I will say in terms of an onboarding process, I would fall under the category of someone that would be new and needs to be onboarded. Whatever is going on there is not intuitive. It's not, it doesn't come across in a way to me where it just screams easy to use. So the user interface, the UI on that, I don't know. I mean, if they're looking to grow this thing, they got to make it a hell of a lot easier for people to understand where to find it and how to use it. I'll put it to you that way. Yeah, I totally agree. For me, I actually haven't... I haven't even tried it. I haven't even been enticed to try that app. And I haven't even heard many people saying that they're using Twitter spaces. So it is interesting to see how it really picks up and if they can really compete with Clubhouse. Because I, I don't think that that they will in the end. I think that if you're active on Twitter and you have a huge following on Twitter, I think it makes sense to leverage all the features like Twitter spaces. But I think in terms of getting new people active on Twitter, the way that Clubhouse has gotten new people active on their app, I think that that's a really tough sell. Hi, it's Melanie. So I'm actually pretty active on Twitter and I have been for a long time. And I have a couple of friends who have huge followings, like 350,000 followers. And I actually really like what they're doing with Twitter spaces. So I'm going to be curious to see, I'm actually going to reach out to one of my colleagues because that was brand new information for me that they're going to start doing Twitter uh, ticketing and I could see all of the people who do Twitter chats, which are still really popular, leveraging the ticketed Twitter spaces for an after conversation with their celebrity or guest expert. So that's how, one of the ways I think they might be able to make that work. But I'll be very curious to see if, how it rolls out over the next few months. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be interesting to see how this whole space shapes up because I know that LinkedIn is also going to be releasing something similar. There's, there's some rumors floating around. And as somebody who's very active on LinkedIn, I am definitely going to be taking advantage of that feature. So to the point of what I was saying before, where I think that if you do have a big following, it does make sense to get involved in these audio features that these more mature platforms are rolling out. But in terms of like a standalone app, you know, I think that that's really promising for people who don't have any following on any social platform to kind of become an influencer on these standalone apps like Clubhouse and then potentially Fireside, which is Mark Cuban's app, which is going to have a big push in June. John, I, I saw that you rose your hand early. You're back on here. Did you have something to add to the conversation? I did not with a direct conversation. There's two pieces of news. Hi, this is John. And that I think would be your particular interest is Univision is hiring production, a podcast coordinator, and also director. And in the radio world, which is looking for podcasters and social media influencers to start becoming personalities, iHeart, the biggest one, is starting to sell off all of their studios, and they sold off their Tampa Bay studios just recently. So everybody's been working remotely from home, which puts a, a great opportunity for podcasters who are proficient at social media as well. Just chime in a little bit. I love this, the info. We love getting the news. Thank you. Thank you, John. I think those were two great points. There's so much opportunity in the in the corporate world right now for podcasters. Like, I just left the corporate world, but if I wasn't <clears throat> and still like working a corporate job, 
having this podcasting experience, you are so desirable. There's so many jobs and opportunities out there because so many big corporations are just starting to get their feet wet in podcasting. Before we move on to the next story, Steve Raven, anything to add? I like what you just said. I mean, (laughs) this is, for me, podcasting is just being able to see where it was in 2006. And if I'm not mistaken, Steve, you were in it around that time too, right? 2006, 2008, somewhere in there? Uh, 2009 is when we released our first episode of Reinvention Radio. So yeah, somewhere right in there on there. Okay. Yeah. So going back, you know, seeing where podcasting has gone from 2006, where we literally had to pull out the Wikipedia to explain what it was to see where it's going now. And that corporate is getting so involved in it. It's exciting. It's exciting. It opens up a lot of opportunities for those that have been podcasting for a while to maybe even be talent for some of these big corporations. Holla. So I, I find the whole thing very exciting. <laughs> So this is Steve Olsher, um, and welcome, by the way, to the Audio Newsroom. If you guys haven't been here before, uh, we do this room every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern, and we do our best to, to really scour the planet and find all of the information that's going on in the world of podcasts and podcast culture and the industry of podcasting. Really happy to be here if you're joining us for the first time. You know, one of the things that I'll say that I think is really, really exciting is you just and and how you, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but just the fact of the matter that this audio newsroom as as an example, perfect, perfect example in my opinion of creating content that has, especially on a new platform, drop in audio, social audio, whatever the term is that you want to use around that. I believe that what's going to end up happening is the more that you can create consistent content, whether it's through your podcast or through social audio, or drop in audio, or these sort of things as you're seeing like what we're doing right here, right now, you're going to basically be putting together something that is packageable, packageable and brandable and plug and playable. And so my thinking, and Hal, I know you're probably thinking this the same thing as well. My thinking is that someone's going to come along and they're going to say, you know what, this audio newsroom is, thing, is, is super cool. It's done. It's well produced. This is something we can just plug and play into what we're doing. And someone will come in and just say, you know, let's, let's make that a part of what we're doing. I'm saying that only from the standpoint of I think the opportunities are there in ways that haven't been there before. In terms of you can create consistent content that has consumer appeal. There are networks. There are new players. There are people with deep pockets that are going to want to come in and say, let's figure out how we can play together. And that may just look like a straight up uh, acquisition as well. So money at the end of the day is flowing into the industry, which at the end of the day is a great thing for creators. So just really, really excited about where things are headed from a creator standpoint. 100%. I totally agree, Steve. And I totally agree that because these corporations are really starting to get into this and launching their podcast arm, to your point, I think there's going to be so many different acquisitions. Like I personally own a marketing agency called Yap Media, and we are a marketing, podcast marketing and podcast production agency. And I just know that in the next year or so, I have a feeling that so many big companies are going to try to acquire my company to help service mm-hmm. their suite of enterprise podcasts. Whether they hire us or whether they try to acquire us, I just really think that this space is so hot. And in terms of the demand in this space is ridiculous right now, it is just growing extremely fast. And I think that there was a lot of companies who came into the podcast world, let's say, 
too early, like four or five years ago, that may have been very similar to my company. But it's like the time is now. It's like things are hot right now. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah. And and you're doing a really, really, really great job. And you guys can all model and really take a look at, uh, at what Hal is doing here in terms of modeling what you're doing in, in so far as your own personal sort of celebrity is concerned, right? In terms of it's not just about the, the point being, really think about what you're doing here in the world of social audio, in the world of dropping audio, in the world of podcasting, et cetera, in terms of how you are branding yourself. And when you look at what Hal is doing here as an example, she's just doing a really, really great job of branding herself from a talent perspective. And at the end of the day, people follow individual people. So someone's going to be able to come in here and just say, we'd love to sign you to a particular deal. Like I see, like what, look at what happened with the NYU girls, right? Um, Lauren, and I know some of you guys are familiar with the, uh, the NYU girls who were roasting. What the hell do they call that thing? They call it, um, I know what it is. Like I know what it is. No, no, no. It's the NYU girls who are, um, geez, many, too many there. Uh, thank you. The NYU girls roasting tech guys. So that is, um, that's a show that they do here on clubhouse pretty consistently. It's really big in the tech space. They've got huge following, huge audience and so on. The girls from NYU, again, the NYU girls who are roasting tech guys, and then they've brought that out into other subsets as well. They were just signed by WME not too long ago, William, William Morris. So what does that mean? It means that it's not only, of course, the following that you can build for a club or the following that you can build for a show, but it's actually personal branding and it's acquisition of celebrity and acquisition of talent. So just really look at how you are branding yourself because I think there's a huge opportunity as more players and more money comes into the mix for people just to simply pick you up and bring you on you know under their fold, under their wing, under their agency, whatever you want to call it. If you've done a decent job of of creating that name for yourself. So I think there's a couple of different really interesting opportunities there. Yeah, I totally agree. Great point, Steve. Um so we do have some people who raise their hand. Meg and coach Deb are podcast experts. So I brought them on the stage in case they have anything to add, guys. If you guys have anything to add to any of the stories, just flash your mic and we can, you know, throw it over to you. John and Lou, you raised your hand proactively. So John, just wondering, you know, what you wanted to add to the conversation. Hi, how's it going? I'm a person with disability and I personally, uh, being disabled, love podcasts, right? And I was curious if you guys had any direction towards a person who wanted to podcast about disability because it's a hard subject to talk about. It's sad and it doesn't really strike me as the most entertaining podcast, but I'd like to kind of flip the script. And I was wondering if anyone wanted to talk about I guess, making a podcast about a hard subject? Yeah, 100%. So firstly, I just want to, we will answer your question because I think it's coming from a really genuine place and we like to serve and help people. But I do want to note that this room is really about podcasting and drop in audio industry news. So this is not... I uh, apologize. No, that's okay. This is my first time coming to this room. I saw it. 
I liked what I heard. I just thought I would mention it. So sorry for being off topic. No, that's okay. But we will answer your question. So basically, I think that any podcast that is really geared towards a niche and has such a great, compelling, emotional topic that many people will resonate with. And I'm sure this is a very underserved market, this disabled market where these people are wanting to hear other voices that are powerful in this space. I think that it's a great idea for a show. And the fact that you already know your audience is like the number one step in starting a podcast. And so because you know what your audience, who your audience is, because you have a very compelling, positive reason for starting a podcast, it sounds like it goes beyond just, you know, wanting to make money. It sounds like you actually want to help people. Those are all great foundations to start a podcast. And so I highly encourage you to do it because I feel like it's a really great mission. And if you want more tips on how to grow a number one podcast, I host office hours every Wednesday in Club Pod at 5 p.m. Eastern. So you can join those rooms and we talk for two hours about how, you know, Q&A on people's questions just like this. Yeah. And let me, let me add one more thing to that. So here in club pod, we definitely try to do everything that we can to elevate the podcast industry one room at a time. So there's rooms going on all the time here in club pod. So make sure you put your thumb on that little greenhouse here and join club pod as a member uh, or as a follower, depending on what that option is given you there, but you'll find that there are rooms going on that take place all day long talking about these sort of subjects. What I will say to you, John, is we have a, a, um, a mastermind, a specific mastermind called the 1 Million Downloads Mastermind, where all of our faculty members have achieved that magical milestone of 1 million or more downloads. I would love to have you join us in that. We've got something coming up there. I'll I'll just make sure that you can have access to what's going on because the types of shows that you're talking about are needed and we want to do everything we can do to help you. So just email me, steve at podcastmagazine.com and I'll send you a link so you can join us for those sessions. But yeah, happy to help you here. Glad to have you here in, uh, in in Clubhouse and especially here hanging out in Club Pod. And um, yeah, back to you, Hala. Awesome. So thank you so much, John. And speaking of that, Lou, you raised your hand. So I wanted to ask you, you know, what you wanted to contribute. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to respond to this new story that you're talking about. And when you first started talking about it, my brain started to implode at the thought of even more apps and platforms and spaces to try and get a hangover. But then when Steve said about understanding where you're strongest, about your where you can create content and be consistent, then that made me feel like, well, okay, well, let's, I have to just focus on the ones that feel strong, that feel right for me, feel right for uh, my listeners, but with an eye on you know, some, you know, you don't want to be closed off to other options, you know, like when Clubhouse came on and we've seen how that can expand on podcasts in a in a really beneficial way. And then I thought, well, actually can turn it on its head. And, you know, when we're trying to get guests onto podcasts, so many people booked up for months and months at a time and actually it's getting harder for for guests to get on to particular podcasts so the idea that the space is opening up in different places actually then gives guests once they've got the kind of whole concept of you know the the power of the voice the power of the story the power of building their brand through audio communication then for guests they can go everywhere and so I think actually from where mm-hmm. I started by feeling really scared about this new story, I can actually see that it's a really expi- exciting space. So, yeah, thank you. I just wanted to say that. Thank you. I mean, I agree with you. I think we're all super excited. That's one of the reasons why we started this room is because it just seems like every day something new mm-hmm. is happening 
and it's so hard to keep track. So to your point, really exciting. And I also liked your other point of focus. You know, I think that one of the reasons why I become a very successful podcaster is because I have focused on certain platforms and I don't try to be everywhere. I'm not on Twitter spaces and that's strategic because I can't lose focus of Clubhouse because I feel like this is where I want to place my chips. I'm not on Twitter because I'm focusing my social media presence on LinkedIn and now Instagram because you will not win if you spread yourself too thin. As my resources increase, yes, I expand my presence everywhere. But in general, when you're just starting out, it's way more beneficial, in my opinion, to, you know, build one community and then leverage that community to start building other things. So that's my advice, at least. Okay, so anybody else have anything to add on Twitter spaces specifically? Let's kick it over to Meg. Hey, Hala, I was going to not add so much specifically to Twitter spaces as to Loose Point and others that uh, it's a crazy how much the industry has opened up. Like a friend of mine who just had a passion podcast is now being paid full time to do a podcast for the oil and gas industry. And another friend of mine is working at a credit union and now they have a credit union specific podcast. And I just wanted to agree to the conversation and the point earlier that there's so many positions opening up. And especially I see that on LinkedIn. I have myself personally listed as, you know, looking for work and I get all the time. And you see a lot of the big companies and ones that you wouldn't necessarily expect are opening up positions for podcasters. So I think that's something interesting also just for people that are doing podcasting for passion that also full-time jobs are opening up in the podcast industry and space. So uh, this is Meg. Just wanted to add that to the conversation, Hala. Yeah. And we brought that up a few times. So like Netflix is looking for a head of their podcast production. I think somebody said Univision is looking for podcasting roles. And this is much different. Like I'm telling you, I used to be in corporate. I used to scour for podcasting jobs. The most thing I wanted was, was a podcasting job in corporate, you know, and there was nothing available. So this is really different. It's really unique. And it's a great sign for a lot of people who are up and coming podcasters who have that experience. And it's a great way to like monetize all that experience. So I'm really happy that podcast podcasting is starting to mature and there's starting to be more opportunities in the space. So I'd love to move on to the next story. But before I do that, I do want to give a chance to, to David, who's on stage and raised his hand. Uh, David, what did you have to contribute? So I've got three things. One, I just wanted to say to John, if he's still in here. And of course, I forgot the title of the podcast. There's a, there's a podcast specifically about vision impaired accessibilities technology. It's called Double Tab Canada. I discovered that earlier this year, and it's great. I do actually have a news story, though I just realized it's six days old. That's okay. Uh, Facebook introducing live shopping Fridays. I don't know if that's in the scope of... I guess I generally consider social broadcasting, or at least up until very recently, like video and audio relatively synonymous, but it sounds like, from the few minutes that I've been here... I might be wrong about that. Live Shopping Fridays being some sort of partnership with a variety of youth brands like Abercrombie and Fitch, even though face the only people that are uh, using Facebook notably regularly day to day that would be watching live content are getting older and older. I also uh, have an abstract thought about the term podcast and how it 
really needs a, a second term to describe what you guys are talking about, but I'll reserve that. Thank you. Yeah, I think live shopping is really interesting. I'm not sure if I would categorize that as audio news, but Facebook is branching out into podcasting. They just added a new, like, they're beta testing some new podcast experience. We've covered it on earlier episodes. Um, But live shopping is definitely super interesting nonetheless. And I agree with you. I think podcast is an outdated term. I think that Apple, I believe, actually coined the term, but it's a it's a great point because I think that it's not we've evolved past that, I think, you know, and so I think that there is a need for some overarching word that kind of covers this space. And I think that's why we chose audio instead of calling it the podcast newsroom. We we deliberately called it the audio newsroom because it is broader than just podcasting and this is evolving every single day. So really interesting thought, David. Thank you so much for sharing. And I'm going to move it along to the next news story because we've been having a great discussion, uh, but we do need to get through the news. So story number two is that Google is revamping its podcast. So this is actually really huge because Google hasn't really made many podcast updates. And this is in line with a lot of the other apps starting to roll out new features. So Spotify has rolled out paid subscriptions. Apple has rolled out paid subscriptions. Spotify has rolled out timestamps and things, just many different features. And now Google Play apparently is revamping its podcast. So they haven't yet announced it, but there's lots of people who kind of scour these apps and Mm -hmm. analyze code that's not yet released. And apparently they found a great number of great usability upgrades that are going to be happening for Google Podcasts. So... I don't want to say like, you know, it's all speculative, but the gist of it is that Google is going to be releasing new features. And that just goes to show that a lot of these podcast apps that have been around for a while are starting to innovate when they've been sleeping for a long time. And I think partially the reason is because these apps are starting to lose market share. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very little known that Google Play is actually not the number one Android podcast app. The number one podcast app in the Android space is CastBox. CastBox has almost 6% of market share and Google Play has like 3 to 4%. So actually the number one Android podcast player is not the native podcast player. It's not Google Play, it's CastBox. And so Google Play is probably realizing that and starting to figure out, well, what can we do to kind of keep our foot in this game, right? Steve, Raven, anybody on the panel have any thoughts about Google Play and their upgrades and what this means for the space? I'm thrilled to see that Google hasn't abandoned. I mean, you can look at like Google Hangouts as an example, right? And and what happened with Google Hangouts, right? And so, hold on, I'm just going to mute this gentleman out here. So, to the fact of the matter is, if you look at like Google and what, what happened with Google Hangouts and so on, like, I mean, that was supposed to be the next big thing. And they, of course, invested billions of dollars into that and then you know, kind of went by the wayside. So, for them to kind of re-up here and say, we're actually going to put more money into the audio space into the world of podcasts, et cetera. I mean, that's just really, a, that, that's a beautiful thing because at the end of the day, very few companies have the ability to compete with Google's deep pockets. And if they're saying it's worth dropping more coin into, that just bodes really, really well for the industry as a whole. So from my perspective, anything that they would do at this point in the industry itself is a welcome addition to the amount of money and the, and the investments that are already being made into the space. So once Google, again, puts that stamp of approval back on it, it's pretty hard to deny the fact that some pretty interesting things are on the horizon. 
Yeah, this is Raven. I think it's just a smart move for them. I mean, they're they're making it more user friendly and they're listening to you know the feedback that they're getting. And they want to stay on top of the game and uh, they got a ways to go. So I think it's a smart move that I love to see it when uh, companies are listening and they're doing things to make it easier for people, you know, to find it quicker, to find the podcast that they want. And they're, I guess, making some uh, cosmetic differences on the app. So, yeah, it's all good. Cool. Yeah, I, I agree. So I think all positive direction and all great that these apps are starting to compete with each other because at the end of the day, it's going to benefit the creator and the listener. And all these innovations are always going to benefit the people who are using those apps. So it's all good news. Um, so I'm going to move it on to the next story. And this is this is like a recap of last week. So we talked about how Spotify and Apple are releasing paid subscriptions. And there's some controversy going on because some other apps are basically people are pirating these paid shows and uploading these private RSS feeds into platforms like CastBox and Pocket Cast so that people can circumvent the paid paywall on Spotify and Apple and listen for free on the smaller apps like CastBox and, and Pocket Cast. So this is a big problem that's happening because people are trying to monetize their podcasts and then, you know, they're basically allowing people to listen to those podcasts for free on other apps because any user can basically upload any RSS feed and launch a podcast, even if they don't own the content. And so there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. And so basically, I wanted to have a conversation and open up the conversation about RSS and kind of if RSS is something that we can continue using in the podcasting world, or if we think that it's going to be migrating away from RSS in the future. So Steve, I'm not sure if you're well-versed on this topic, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. And I also wanted to just quickly mention that there's this new platform called Verbal, V-U-R-B-L, and it's a new podcasting platform that does not use RSS feeds. They Everything is streamed. So it's a very unique approach, and I would love to hear everybody's thoughts on RSS and if, if we think there's a future with RSS and podcasting. I mean, I'll just simply say that RSS obviously has been around since inception here, and it's, been, it's the way in which the audio has been fed into the different platforms over the years. So the reality is it's very, very, very archaic technology. I mean, there, there's no doubt at all about that. And, and is there... Like if you look at the podcast space in and of itself and you start asking your you start asking yourself like what in this industry is most ripe for disruption, you gotta put RSS at the top of that list because the technology in and of itself is is really old and and you can look at what's going on in the whole world of sort of cybersecurity and so on. And like you said, people pirating these shows. I would just simply say that RSS is very susceptible and has a lot of exposure in a lot of different ways to things that don't necessarily benefit the podcaster themselves in ways that new technology might. So what I'm seeing and what I'm thinking is really going to take place here is there's some new form of distribution, some new this is a this is an industry that is ripe for disruption. I think we're seeing this all day long right now and RSS is just a perfect example of that. So the fact that people are talking about it and exposing the issues and the problems that are taking place with that particular technology is, is, I believe, a step in the right direction. And so pirating is usually the first step towards 
reinvention, when you start getting people to take notice of the fact that, hey, my work is, is being put into places that I didn't authorize it for it to be, that's typically where the opportunity is, is first. So you can just look back at the days of Napster, right, and how so much innovation took place after Sean Parker and that, that whole team there just really exposed the, the problems that were going on in the world of music. I think you're starting to see the same thing here. And so what that will be, I don't know, but one of the things that I do know for sure is that it is prime for disruption, and RSS is an ancient technology that needs to be either updated or eliminated altogether. Can I respond to that? Because this Please. is... Yeah. I'm David Blue, and notably, I have been listening to podcasts on RSS feeds for 15 years, over 10, like, regularly. So... Like the thing that's been expressed recently, I literally heard someone on Twit, which is an old audio podcasting business, say, uh, describe podcasting as a new medium. I think it must have been a slip of the tongue. But um, RSS specifically, I've been writing about this. The standard, no, has not changed since I think the date was 2013, March 2013. But describing it as an archaic technology is literally like saying that URLs are an archaic technology in the sense that I understand that we're talking about distribution and that we're talking about the uh, viability of RSS going forward as a method of distribution. I think that uh, RSS should definitely be left alone because I have been attentive to various open source third party attempts to like iterate and add some authentication to the meta, which is something that you can do with a link. And of course, like my community of open source people are very much like jaded about RSS going away because they see it as one of the last bastions of the open web. I've got sentiments like that too. Again, we need to separate this out because business and RSS are probably not going to mix. But all I can say is like the tech and the software community is so unprepared to offer something unified to replace it, if that makes sense. Like, and I think we like it's gonna be janky, frankly, compared to how easy it's been to distribute audio for so long. Are we are we in agreement? Thanks for this, David. Are we in agreement that there are at least potential exposures here or at least potential outdated technologies that that we need to have a conversation around and not saying what those answers are, but are we at least in, I think what you're saying, or at least we're sort of in agreement in the fact that this RSS in general is something that at least needs to be looked at and explored and potentially replaced or at least reinvigorated and or reinvented. Actually, I was just going to say specifically, the reason I can still send a link, like a one-time link, and have it only be uh, authenticated on a particular machine once is not because we decided URLs were an outdated technology, but because we built things adjacent to them specifically. And I guess I was just going to say, don't worry about RSS being outdated. Worry about standardizing a means of authenticity, or at least, okay, that's what the tech side is worrying about, is should be worrying about, I guess. But I just, I don't know, you guys on the business side, are I can understand like the wariness about it because nobody is prepared with a solution as that could be as widely adopted as 
RSS. Like, yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. And, and this is why we're having the conversation today, right? Is just to open up the dialogue and, and see and explore. And at the end of the day, the, the the goal here of the audio newsroom is to bring things to the surface and to have conversations around the the, the, com- the topics and, and what's going on here in the industry in terms of what affects all of us as people who either are podcasters, love podcasts, or are a part of the podcast industry. So really appreciate your perspective on that. Hala, anything else to add? Yeah. The one thing that I just have to add is that like, I guess for me, the big dilemma is that like paid podcast is obviously part of the future of podcasting. If we want creators to start monetizing the way that they deserve, the way that other TV actors get paid and everything like that, paid podcast is part of the future. But private RSS feeds are not foolproof and they're easily hacked. So it's like we're just in a dilemma where if we want the future of podcasting to include paid podcasts, we need another solution that people widely adopt. I think that's just really what I wanted to get. I don't think there is an answer right now because I don't think the technology necessarily exists. And I actually think I'm going to invite somebody from verbal because they're very against RSS feeds to understand where they see the future heading, because I think they're one of the first apps who have designed a podcast app that isn't necessarily based around RSS feeds. That's pretty edgy, actually. Yeah. So I will invite them. Maybe they can come by this week because I think this is a hot topic and I think it's going to get hotter and hotter in terms of as people start keep pirating these podcasts, shows like Joe Rogan's paid podcast gets hacked on Anchor and there's lots of money being lost, like millions of dollars. I think that a solution will come to surface very quickly and and everybody will have to pivot. So it's just super interesting. David, I, I see that you unmuted any last thought before we move on. Well, what I should have said is private RSS feeds don't actually exist. It's like in the sense that an RSS feed that is like shared, like a, it's like a, a the difference between an unlisted and listed <laughs> YouTube video, right? And what I should have said is if you are distributing paid content right now, there are alternatives to private RSS feeds. And the only friction is that it's going to lock someone within an app. I would advocate for Patreon because its file limits are real high. It's very simple. And uh, there's a method right there of widely distributing content or audio content that does require authentication. I was also part of Anchor when it was my music channel was the first to be featured when it was a completely different thing. So anyway, thanks for letting me speak. Awesome. Thank you so much, David. I'm going to move this conversation along here. So I'm going to move on to the next story. SoundCloud is launching a new Clubhouse series. So SoundCloud is going to be launching a new weekly artist event series on Clubhouse hosted by DJ and former MTV host Jasmine Solano. There's going to be lots of different artists who are up and coming as part of this. And SoundCloud is actually part of Clubhouse's new accelerated program. Looks like the creator's first program that I'm in as well. And so I thought this was really interesting that another audio app is actually teaming up with Clubhouse to come out with a series. And I think to me, that shows a lot of promise for Clubhouse as a platform for other companies to get involved as a platform that. I've already gotten sponsored for a lot of my rooms by Fiverr, Talkspace, all these big brands. And so I just thought it was really cool that SoundCloud is now actually going to be doing a series with Clubhouse and collaborating with Clubhouse instead of competing, which I just thought was really interesting. Stephen Raven, any thoughts on this story? 
Yeah, this is Raven. I love to see people partner up and collaborate. Uh, there's so much out here for all of us. This is just another fine example when we see large companies like this being okay with it. I'm excited about this. You know, I, I do a lot of music stuff with my husband, and so it'll be great to see these people come. And I've been on some of other clubhouse events where they have the celebrities come and and how they're sharing their story and sharing their the backstory and things behind the scene that you would not normally hear from them. So this is exciting. I think it's going to be really huge. And like you said, you know, seeing SoundCloud and Clubhouse collaborate and partner up, it's a good thing. There's going to be so many more. I think we're only just beginning to see all the things that are going to be, all the collaborations that are going to be coming along. Yeah, 100%. And that brings me to my last story. And this is a new study slash report from the Interactive Advertising Bureau or IAB. Essentially, if you guys haven't heard of IAB, that's those are certified downloads. So basically, IAB is, a certif- is uh, what basically tracks certified downloads. So if you are a podcaster and you want to get paid for your downloads, most sponsors are going to want to pay you for your IAB certified download. So like YouTube is not a IAB. SoundCloud is not IAB. Typically IAB is coming from your RSS feed and it's certain players and they count like unique listens. So if you're a professional podcaster, IAB mm. downloads are very important. And so a new st- uh, study just came out by the Interactive Advertising Bureau, or IAB, and it reveals that podcast ad revenue grew in the fourth quarter of 2020 to $842 million, a 19% increase year over year. Podcast advertising spend is expected to grow to $1 billion by the end of this year and to double in two years to $2 billion by 2023. And IAB believes this increase in podcast ad revenue and spending will continue as podcasts and podcast platforms continue to grow in popularity and usage. And just to have everybody understand how unsaturated the market is still in terms of podcast listenership, 50% of people in America listen to podcasts weekly and 25% of people in America right now don't even know what a podcast is. So there's still lots of room to grow. Lots more people are not yet listening to podcasts and and we have the ability to kind of move them and acquire them as podcast listeners in the future. So just some other really interesting highlights from the study, mid-roll spots in your podcast. So a mid-roll spot is basically any commercial that is 10 minutes into your podcast episode accounts for 76% of the revenue in this space. Half of podcast ads were longer than 30 seconds, providing more opportunities for creative storytelling. News remains at the top of the genre for podcast advertisers with 22% of the market share. And direct-to-consumer brands are the top advertiser category by market share at 19%. And pharmaceuticals doubled in market share at 9% year over year, which is really interesting. So I think that this is all, again, just more promising news about why you should get into the podcasting space because the brands are investing in this the brands have budget for podcasting and especially i think the lack of live events this past year and rolling into this year now i think a lot of brands are pivoting their live event spend into podcasts and i've seen that firsthand where brands have sponsored my clubhouse room for example because they had extra budget because their live events got canceled so they pivoted to sponsoring virtual 
audio events. So super interesting stuff. Steve Raven, anybody on the panel have anything to add for this last news story? All good. Boy, I tell you, for podcasters, we have really got to be getting excited about all this news. I mean, every day there's something new and exciting and looking at, you know, what people, what larger brands are willing to invest in. Like you were saying, Hala, you got, you get a lot of people that invest in your show and invest in being part of your club pod rooms. And this is an exciting time. I think people should, that are listening in should think about, wow, you know, I've been playing around with this thing, podcasting, and it's for real. Oh, I can really make some money and really elevate myself really big in the industry. If you do the right things and stay plugged in to the audio newsroom, top stories and podcasts and audio for sure, because uh, it's a lot of information that came out today. I know I can't wait to get off and, and uh, delve deeper into some of the things we lightly covered and educate ourselves, like you said, on the RSS feed and on this, knowing, you know, that mid-roll spot placements account for 76% of revenue. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm loving everything I hear. Back to you, Hala. Thanks, Steve. Any thoughts on this last story before we close it out? No, I mean, look, at the end of the day, here, we all got to make money doing what we do. And I think it's just about time that people, in terms of the creators were compensated for their contributions. And as you said earlier, you know, when you when you look at where audio creators stand sort of in the in the field and so far as compensation is concerned, uh, we've been trailing by a substantial margin outside of the Howard Stearns of the world, but for the majority, you know, you got the Joe Rogans and you got the people you can count on one hand in terms of the audio creators that have been compensated uh, in in ways that frankly are commensurate with their other industry peers in terms of television and the other entertainment forms. So I don't know. It's just really, I think it's a, it's an idea whose time has come. And I think we're really starting to finally value those who are able to entertain through the spoken word in the way that perhaps they should have been compensated all along, but better late than never. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I see that Barbara raised her hand and had something to add to the conversation. So Barbara, before we close, I wanted to give you an opportunity to contribute. Thank you, Hannah. I, actually, I was applauding, but I do have a question. So I do have a podcast uh, show called The Gender Intelligence Show. And we started it with audio. And the reason was that that was um, something that a couple of famous podcasters had moved from video to audio only, saying that that was going to be more the future. So I was just wondering what you thought about that, going from video to only audio. So right now you're doing both video and audio, and, and you think that pivoting to audio only is the future? No, I'm actually, I pivoted to audio, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to clarify. You do video and audio now, and you're wondering if you should just do audio. I, I'm doing audio only. And, and I'm you want to do if- video, yeah. So I would totally agree with you that, so here's the thing. Growing a YouTube channel in my opinion, is very hard right now. There's very limited organic growth on YouTube. But using video for your podcast is a great marketing tactic to promote your audio channels. So I'm not saying to do video to launch a video podcast on YouTube. I think that that's a really big long shot. And most people will not be able to succeed doing that because it takes a huge investment to successfully grow a YouTube channel It's a lot of editing. It's a lot of SEO that you need to do. Paid ads is is something that you most likely will need to do. It's very hard to grow your YouTube channel and much easier to grow an audio-only channel. But like I said, 
in terms of your marketing on social media, video is very compelling. And so creating micro content pieces for your podcast, leveraging that video is going to be key to your marketing strategy. And so if you record video, it should be mostly for the purpose of social media to drive people to be engaged with that conversation because audio is not visual. And on social media, you typical, typically need a visual element to promote, whether that's a graphic or a video. And in general, people are more compelled to engage with videos than they are graphics or audiograms. And so I would say, yes, video is the feature for the fact that to promote your podcast, it's ideal to have video content to promote, even if you never release that video as a full podcast episode and you chop it up on social media. So I think you're moving in the right direction if you're going to start adding video for the sole purpose of integrating it into your marketing plan. So Steve Reeve and anybody else on the panel have anything to add to that? I mean, I'll just simply say that at the end of the day, it's really hard to do too many things and you just have to figure out what your lane is and what you're great at. If you find that it's easy to add the other uh, distribution channels to, to what it is that you're doing or repurpose what it is that you're doing, I mean, have at it. But I know for most, it's really hard to be good at one thing, let alone all things, right? So I, I would just say be careful of adding too much too soon. Uh, but if it's easy to do and it feels natural to do, then then have at it. Otherwise, stick with what you're great at. Yeah. And Barbara, we host podcast office hours here every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern for specific questions like this in terms of your personal individual podcasting journey. And this newsroom is every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it's really all about industry news. So like talking about podcast trends and moving beyond individual podcasting questions, more so looking at the bigger picture so that we can all start to keep up with the industry and everything going on in the industry. Um, but really, really great question. And, and thank you for contributing. That, yeah, of course, of course. With that, we're going to close out the room. We try to keep this to a tight hour. If you guys enjoyed the show, make sure you tune in this Wednesday, 12 p.m. Eastern. We'll be back with the latest industry news. And bring your news stories, bring your ideas, bring your thoughts in terms of industry trends, things like that. We want to hear from you guys. And if you haven't yet, make sure you log on to clubpod.club. That is your personal, private, exclusive URL to get a free subscription, a lifetime subscription to Podcast Magazine, which is the number one podcast magazine. If you guys want a free subscription to that magazine, you can go to clubpod.club. And if you haven't yet, make sure you tap that greenhouse at the top of the screen and follow Club Pod. We are the number one podcasting club, and we have educational sessions about podcasting going on all day. And if you go to clubpod.club, you'll also get the schedule of events and see all the different Club Pod leaders that we have. Raven is one of them, Meg, Coach Deb, a lot of people on the stage right now host rooms on Club Pod. So, Steve, Raven, any closing thoughts? And then I'll and we'll close out. Just another magical Monday, and uh, looking forward to a great week and sharing the news uh, on Wednesday and Friday here in the Audio Newsroom. Hey, I just think that this was another fabulous edition of the Audio Newsroom, and we look forward to coming back on Wednesday and sharing some more amazing things that are happening in audio. And they just keep coming and coming. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling like we're going to have some huge news story that we don't even know about yet this week. And I do want to say I'm really happy that, you know, almost throughout the whole session, we had over 100 people in here at once. And so it's really promising that this room is picking up traction. And I see a lot of folks here from last week who have turned up. And so make sure you turn up so that you can keep abreast of all the podcast and audio news out there. And with that, I'm going to close the room and hope that everybody has a great Monday. And we'll see you again. 
Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and this is Hala, Steve, and Raven signing off. Thanks, guys. Bye, everyone. Aloha.